This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show. We cover soccer in Atlanta. We cover soccer across the country. We cover soccer around the world. And now we've got Major League Soccer back week one. Almost done. There's actually one more half to play in week one as Portland and Kansas City got pushed back to tonight. That's at halftime. But I need to check in with everybody. Have y'all caught your breath from Saturday night and the insane Atlanta United win? You're not going to see a game like that maybe ever again. Just take stock of that. What you saw from Tiago Almada in stoppage time had never happened in MLS and might not ever happen again. You might not ever see a comeback like that. You might not ever see the quality of goals in that comeback. It might not happen again. It was that special. I know it's easy to get frustrated because the team trailed for a long portion of this. We're going to talk about the difference maybe between good play and bad play, and then where frustration kicks in, We have to talk about one really important element to all of it and how all of it played out. And this is something that is important in any league in the world, at any level in the world, and it's proven out here over history with Atlanta United. Game state. Game state is going to be, I think, maybe one of the phrases of 2023. It's, it's essential when we talk about this match, where Atlanta United defeats the San Jose Earthquakes 2-1. When goals are scored, matters. It affects the way a match plays out. When teams respond to those goals, how they respond, it matters. Some teams get very defensive after taking a lead. Some teams don't. Some teams struggle after conceding. Some teams don't. The response is very important, but when goals are scored, it's vital to how we talk about games. For example, and I had to do some research on this. I've I've been busy this afternoon. Atlanta United, over history, when they have fallen behind in the first 30 minutes of matches, six wins, 31 losses, five draws. That's when they've fallen behind 
in the first 30 minutes. Not just when the opponent scored in the first 30 minutes, because Atlanta United might have scored first. When they have fallen behind in the first 30, they've come back to win six times out of 42. This was only the second win since 2018 when falling behind in the first 30 minutes. The last time it had happened was Decision Day 2021 in Cincinnati. For some crazy reason in 2018, and one of the crazy reasons is the team was very good, they came back three times that year to win after conceding and falling behind in the first 30 minutes. For the even crazier reason, three of those six times that Atlanta United has come back after falling behind in the first 30 minutes of a match, three of the six have been against San Jose. The Quakes are never going to feel settled when they they score against Atlanta United. It could be the first minute. It could be the the fifth minute, tenth minute. doesn't matter. Three of six against San Jose. It's it's crazy. All right. We got to talk about this game in a little bit of chronological order. We're going to skip around just a bit here in the first segment. The goal that was conceded. There's a a few things that go wrong here. And and we talked about it in the full-time report. There's really nothing new to add. Rodriguez, center back for San Jose, is able to get forward far too comfortably. And that was not something that was happening very often. I thought Atlanta United pressed really well in this game. Not this time around. Rodriguez was able to carry it forward. He hits the big switch to Christian Espinoza. It's a 1v1. You're trying to avoid 1v1s, but they're going to happen. That's what teams look for. Espinoza got the better of Gutman for honestly one of the few times in this. The cross did take a deflection. That's something that's maybe new. I, I wasn't sure if it did or not. I, I'm, I'm almost certain that it did now after seeing the replay multiple times. But when you, you look at how everything fell apart from there, the 1v1, you try to avoid it. You're not going to avoid it entirely in a match. That's fine. It, it's the rest of it that is a little troublesome. Parata. It is caught in kind of an island, no man's land, whatever you want to call it, in between guarding the near post and in between double teaming Espinoza. He, he's stuck in between there. So when Cade Cowell makes the run across to the near post, showing how important movement is off the ball, he drags Miles Robinson to him because Porata is not there at that near post. So that draws Robinson over. Bobasi makes the later run. He was doing a really good job early on of dropping into the midfield. That waned a little bit as the night went on. But he made a late run because he had dropped into the midfield as Rodriguez had carried the ball forward. He wasn't picked up until the end. And it's Brooks Lennon who has to pick him up because the two center backs are, are on the side where the cross is coming in from. You don't want Brooks Lennon versus Jeremy Bobasi in an aerial duel. And you saw why. Jeremy Abobasi is going to win that. He's very good in those moments. He's very good forward. I think he could be one of the best forwards in the league this year. 17 goals last season, one to start things here. All right. So after that, things could have gone a little south for Atlanta United. 18th minute, Brad Gazan was called upon to make a big play. Here's what it sounded like. Now it is Espinoza working with Yule, trying to clear. They do as it bounces off the chest of Espinoza. Now he duels up to the halfway line. He's past Ibarra. Here's a 3v2 now for San Jose. Espinoza all the way in, top of the box. Cross, Abobasi, shot, save, Guzan. Parries it wide of the far post out for a corner. Great to get a save there. Just a few minutes after conceding and falling behind. That keeps Atlanta United in it. They get a penalty in the first half, and I got to give Franco Ibarra a huge shout-out in that sequence because it's Ibarra defensively who steps at the right time, wins a tackle, regains possession, plays Gutman down the line for the cross, penalty called. We know what happens. Luis Adarujo does not put it home. He puts it wide. He doesn't force the goalkeeper, Danielle, into a save. That's not good. Great preseason, so you didn't see this coming necessarily. Adarujo scored from the spot in preseason as well. It happens. His response to it was actually pretty good. His work rate was very strong throughout the night. But you looked at that, and you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. Back to Ibarra. Josechu and Ibarra, they were in sync in the midfield, I thought, all night long. Ibarra would step and be more aggressive, which I kind of wondered how that would work in this midfield. When he did, Hosechu sat deeper. You look at the heat maps for them. Uh, Hosechu's is maybe a little bit deeper than Ibarra's. 
Okay. Out of the two, they were 124 out of 137 passing. Uh, Hosechu was at 92% and some change. Ibarra was at 88% and some change. Hosechu was better on the long passes. Uh, Ibarra didn't hit quite as many of those. Both are in the MLS top 10 for the week in passes into the final third. Now, when you dig a little bit deeper into some of these statistics, and again, there's caveats, and I'll, I'll remind you of the biggest one here in just a second. Atlanta, more progressive passes than any other team in the league. That's just passes forward. Second in passes into the final third. Third in passes into the opposition penalty area. Second in shot-creating actions. Third in key passes. These are real numbers, folks. This is not made up. This is not exaggerating. This is not anything about assuming quality. This is just sheer output. However, you have to keep in mind game state because like we said at the beginning, you talk about how a game plays out. You talk about how things go, why things happen the way that they do. Game state affects it. Did Atlanta United have more of the ball? Thank you. Thanks to game state. Probably. Did they have more opportunities to play those passes into the final third and into the attacking half and more passes forward because there wasn't as much high pressure? Yeah, probably because of game state, because San Jose reacted to the game state by dropping deeper. And I was a little surprised by that. I didn't see that coming. I thought they would stay on the front foot for longer. Now, they did early in the second half have a huge opportunity, and Brad Kazan was called upon again. Thrown in towards Cal. Lennon stepping in front, took it away. Cal wins it back, though. Flicks to Abobasi. Drop back to Montero. To the touchline now, Trauco giving it to Abobasi in the near corner. Past the tackle of Lennon to the end line. Here's a cross to Jackson Yule, who heads it right into the chest of Parata. Parata in front of Guzan calls Brad off, turns and clears. Out to Conway. Flick down to Almada, but tackled away nicely by Rodriguez. Down the middle, Jackson Yule. Daspinoza, right side of the 18. Dribbling, shooting, save Guzan. Parries it over the crossbar and out for a corner. Second good save by Brad Guzan tonight. And that was a huge save because that was transition. The ball out to Conway. He tried to play it really quickly to Almada. Left the pass just a little bit short. And that gave San Jose an opportunity to break. After that, you saw Miguel Berry come into the match. You saw Derek Etienne come into the match for Conway and for Caleb Wiley. I thought after about 10 minutes or so with them in the in the match, uh, the team got a little frustrated. They started to settle for shots from distance. The, the patience was waning. Felt like things were rushed, which, again, game state. They'd been trailing for a long period of time. They'd had some opportunities. They hadn't found an equalizer yet. It happens. You don't want it to happen. You try to do everything possible to avoid it to happen. Human beings get anxious. That's what happened in this, in my opinion. I thought bringing on a Marsadic, Luis Abram, it, it gave a renewed push for the game late. Fresh legs, fresh ideas, and it was a Marsadic who hit a long diagonal to pick out Andrew Gutman. Gutman on the dribble, wins the corner. And, well, just in case you haven't heard what it sounded like on 92.9 The Game, here you go. Atlanta United will set up for maybe their biggest corner of the match here, their seventh, looking for the equalizer and stoppage time. Lennon to send it out of the far corner. Goal to our right. No short corner option. Lennon will go to the top of the 18. Here's Almada. Takes the shot. Shoots. Score! The world champion, Tiago Almada. The World Cup champion for Argentina. May have just saved at least a point for Atlanta United. I got to give Brooks Lennon a ton of credit. Because everyone from San Jose dropped into the 18 to defend a, a corner played into the 18, looking for Miles Robinson, looking for Luis Abram, looking for Miguel Berry. Tiago Almada didn't go into the 18. He made eye contact with Brooks Lennon. He picked a spot where he wanted the ball delivered. And Brooks Lennon saw it and no sold it. He didn't stare it down. He he didn't give it away. He puts his arm up. He's looking into the 18 and at the very last second plays it to Almada. And Almada first touch the the delivery from Lennon was perfect. All Almada had to do was turn it slightly, set himself and boom. And what a hit on that shot. That made it 1-1. Felt like maybe there was enough time for something else to happen. It was about 
three, four minutes of stoppage time. San Jose felt very rattled. Again, game state, right? They've had the lead for a long period of time. They had started to sit back. They'd started to get cynical. They'd started to time waste. Then you concede. That's tough to flip the switch and turn that around. So Atlanta United keeps the pressure on. 97th minute of seven that were shown, but a goal was scored in it. Two plays, again, actually three plays from Brooks Lennon. Again, very underrated things here. Lennon sprinted to throw the ball back in twice in the 97th minute. He he got the throw back in quickly. Almada dribbles dribbles right to left. He finds the opening, plays Etienne, draws the contact, free kick. Lennon makes a run to pull the wall apart just a little bit, just enough of a distraction. And then, again, if you have not heard it, this is what it sounded like. This to win the match. Final kick of the game. Referee steps away, blows the whistle. Almada goes for goal. Score! I'm speechless. Tiago Almada wins the game for Atlanta United on a right upper 90 free kick at the death. Two stoppage time golazos for the world champion Tiago Almada. Back in five minutes, we'll talk about what can be better. We'll talk about Toronto, who's coming to town, and take a jump all over MLS. Atlanta soccer tonight, back in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. We're back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Atlanta United wins their MLS season opener. 2-1 late game heroics from Tiago Almada. But what can improve for the five stripes? Before we bounce around the rest of the league, I want to get into this three different things that I think can improve for this team and need to improve. Number one, I just talked about it a little bit, the defensive positioning. Barata in the sequence that San Jose scores in gets caught in no man's land. It's not the first time either. The The same thing happened really similar on the second goal that Chattanooga scored in preseason. Uh, the one that had a little bit of pinball action, um, if you will, in the 18, but Parata gets in that no man's land of not helping double, not being aggressive and going to double, which is not really the play, but it's better than being in that spot where you're not really contributing either way because then others have to try to fill the space. And when you're stuck there, Robinson has to come across the near post. That means Lennon is marking someone on the back post. That's not what you want. You ideally want, if it's coming from the left side of Atlanta United's back line, the right side of the attacking team, ideally, if the lineup is like it was in this past match, 
you want Parata dealing with a runner to the near post. You want Robinson dealing with a runner to the, the far post, unless there's anything in play about marking someone specifically, if you want miles on that person uh, because of vertical leaps or anything like that. But in general, you want one center back near post, one center back far post. You don't want the, uh, the opposing side fullback to be marking a forward because usually that's not a good matchup. That's what happened. We saw that. That's got to change. And it's something that it will either change with positioning, change with the awareness, or it might change with the personnel with Luis Abram. And I thought Abram looked really good in his time in the match. And it wasn't just purely on the ball, although back to that word again or that phrase, game state factored into Abram not really having much to do defensively because San Jose had kind of parked the bus slash packed it in by that point. What else can improve? Getting the forward involved in the penalty area. There was only one touch each from Jackson Conway and Miguel Berry inside the 18. It's not enough. That needs to change. That will change with Yorgos Yakimakis. And I think some of that is just down to presence. They're going to force the ball into the 18 a little bit more. If it's an iffy play, maybe they weren't trying to feed Conway or Berry in those situations. Maybe they will when it comes to Yakimakis, and I would expect that they will. And I also expect that Yakimakis will be more vocal in terms of demanding the ball, and I think he'll make better runs, and that's something that has to improve. Go back to the San Jose goal. The run from Cowell coming from an outside position across created space for Ibovese. You're still going to need that, whether it's Yakimakis making the run to create space for somebody else, or it's Derek Etienne, for example, or Caleb Wiley, making a run in that situation because if you take the Atlanta lineup and you put it where San Jose was and you go back to that situation, it would have been the left winger making the run across to the near post. Caleb Wiley, maybe that's not his game. I think that's something that he can improve. I thought he was really good in this match, by the way. But okay, maybe you don't expect Wiley to be making those runs across the face of goal as much looking for a cross. Derek Etienne, you do. And I thought Derek Etienne's movement was good. He's not 100% yet. Get him fully, more fully fit. He's going to be more impactful. Uh, the other thing is just not falling behind early. And we're back to our, our favorite phrase, game state. I think it's easy to say that Atlanta United wasn't very good before the, the stoppage time. Well, that's not true. I mean, 20 shots doesn't happen by accident. Did they have more shots in the second half? Yes. Did San Jose drop deeper in the second half to give up more of the ball? Yeah, they did. Did Atlanta United have more dangerous opportunities in the second half? Mm, that's iffy. That's that's questionable. Um, but game state factors into it. Game state, just like it factors into the way a game plays out, it factors into the way you perceive a game. And it's easy to feel frustrated and feel like a team's not very good if they're trailing for a large portion of it. Because we all know subconsciously, might not be thinking of this during the match, but subconsciously, if you fall behind early, your chances of winning have greatly decreased. Again, six wins 31 losses five draws all time when atlanta united has fallen behind in the first 30 minutes another reason why subconsciously i think there was a reaction from fans on the bird app and journalists and everybody 11 times in 2022 atlanta united fell behind in the first 30 minutes 11 out of 34 that's not good that's that's bad they got two points out of those games out of 11 that's not good. That's bad. You've already got more points in this situation than you had in 2022. I guess that's good, but it's not the life that you want. It's very exhausting. It's very emotionally draining when you're constantly playing from behind for large portions of a match. That's got to change. Starts have to be better. Can't fall behind early. Those three things are key for me when it comes to Atlanta United the rest of the way. What's next for the five stripes? It's Toronto FC. They got the reverse engineered outcome from what Atlanta did. Atlanta came back in stoppage time. Toronto lost a match in stoppage time. 2-1 lead turned into a 3-2 loss. Christian Benteke in the 90th minute. Ted Pietro winner deep in stoppage time for DC United. Oh, it gets worse for Toronto. Lorenzo Insigne left the match in the 34th minute. He did not look happy on the bench dealing with an injury. Lower body injury. I mean, it's 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 guessing games because nothing has been said as of yet. Maybe a groin injury, maybe a a muscle injury in the leg. Looked like it happened in the 31st minute when he went to sprint. Toronto did score two goals without him. 
Io Akinola came in and replaced him. He lost out in the competition to start as the nine. Adama Diamande got that. So Akinola played on the wing, tucked in a little bit more. It, it's not entirely, you know, incompatible with the way that Toronto wants to play, but it's not Lorenzo Insigne and what he can do to destabilize a team. Now, Bob Bradley's got a week to, to reshuffle things, and I, I'm really curious to see if he does that. Does he play a 3-5-2, for example? Does he play Akinola and Diamande up top by them you know, together? Does he play somebody else on the wing in the situation to give them something more of what they've worked on with Insigne in that role? You don't have another Lorenzo Insigne, but do you have somebody who might allow you to be more of yourself than Io Akinola, where things change because of the personality of the player? We'll have to wait and see. It does create a little bit of potential misdirection for Toronto and a little bit more confusion for Atlanta in terms of preparing for this. Federico Bernardeschi is an absolute star. Almost double-digit goals in half a season last year. Scored from the penalty spot and just looked about as calm and casual as you would ever find outside of a Panenka to do that. He almost had a golasso from a free kick that would have equaled Almada's free kick. Uh, Tyler Miller made an unbelievable save, pushed it off the post. Mark Anthony K scored on the rebound. Bernardeschi now becomes even more of a focal point for Toronto if Insigne is not available. And again, judging from a muscle injury, which is what it appears to be, and how much discomfort he was in Saturday night, and how early in the season it is, it's probably asking a lot for him to be available on Saturday. We'll just have to wait and see. Nothing has been said yet out of Toronto. We'll update it when we hear things on stoppage time on Wednesday. March to match day will come out on Friday. We have updates. We will let you know. Let's bounce around MLS a little bit. And the story of the weekend was down in Austin, but it wasn't the Verde and Black that was the story. It was St. Louis City SC. They were down 2-1. They came back and equalized, and then this happened late in the match. And now Klaus on the break. Keller across. Klaus inside, and he pokes it into the net. And St. Louis City going to the lead with five minutes to play. The Brazilian intent on setting yet more history on the opening night of the season for the newest team in MLS. Three goals. Are they on the way to three points? An absolute golasso. If you have not seen it, go find it. Outside of the right foot after cutting back inside sharply into the far side netting. Yeah, the equalizing goal was a huge mistake from Kip Keller. Mistakes do happen, by the way. And I think some of the uh, very boisterous folks in the Austin online fan base have been completely out of hand in some of the things they've said about Kip Keller. Uh, But it's a big mistake. And it made it 2-2. And it gave Joao Klaus the opportunity to win it. And he did. Is it too early to be concerned about Austin? Absolutely. It is too early to be concerned about Austin. But when you're trying to get into that upper echelon, as Austin is, these kinds of results are just surprising. It's early. Surprising, but maybe something to watch as time goes on when it comes to Austin. Eight teams in the East won in week one. We've talked about two of them, Atlanta, D.C., Philadelphia 4-1 win over Columbus. I think if you've paid attention to most of the national media, you probably would have missed that two of those four goals for Philadelphia were penalties. And both of them, uh, Danny Higginbotham, the analyst on the match for Apple TV's MLS season pass, didn't really buy that they were penalties. (laughs) I didn't either, to be honest. Um, Game state, right? It changes things. Uh, Columbus did take the early lead. Philadelphia is really good. We all know this. Uh, Jim Curtin might need to relax a little bit on lots of different things, but that's another story for another day. We'll see Philadelphia later in the season. Miami with a 2-0 solid win over Montreal. Nashville total control, 2-0 winners over NYC. Cincinnati and Houston ended up being a maybe more interesting game than some people had pegged coming into week one. Uh, Houston pulled one back. It was 1-0 Cincinnati. Then Tate Schmidt scores for Houston. It's 1-1. Early in the second half, this happened. Luciano Acosta into Barrial. Santos, Romano, deflected it in. A perfect start in the second half. 
Callum Williams on the call for Apple TV and MLS season pass. And yeah, it was that chaotic. It, it just felt like it wasn't going to fall. And Obina Wobido ends up slamming it home. That gave them the 2-1 lead. Cincinnati made that hold up. They were an Eastern Conference winner. New England was a winner. Maybe not a, a huge surprise. It was on the road at Charlotte in front of the biggest crowd of the weekend. A massive crowd at Bank of America Stadium. The goal scorer was unexpected. Henry Kessler in the 89th minute. Uh, right place, right time. Really nice finish from Kessler, a center back. And New England steals the win in Charlotte. Facundo Torres got a penalty for Orlando. That's all they needed. 1-0 win over the Red Bulls. That's your eight teams in the East who won. Out West, Seattle. Probably the most dominant team in week one. Uh, 4-0 thrashing of Colorado. I think they were better than Philadelphia was against Columbus. Nope, no penalties in this one. Uh, Joel Paolo's return is just so big for Seattle. They looked pretty good. The goals were a little weird and uh, kind of just strange goals, but they were much better than Colorado last night. Two other winners. We already talked about St. Louis. Minnesota went down to Texas. No Emmanuel Reynoso. Minnesota beats Dallas on a Mender Garcia put-back goal. Real Salt Lake, a very impressive win on the road at BC Place. They were down 1-0. They came back in 1-2-1. Goals in the second half from Justin Glad. And talk about returns, Demir Krylock. Big return for Krylock in this one. Portland and Sporting Kansas City, they are going on right now. This was supposed to be Saturday night. Got pushed back due to the snow in the Portland area. You can actually see it on the sides of the pitch where it had been uh, cleared from the field. 66th minute in Portland at Providence Park. 1-0 Timbers leading Sporting Kansas City. El Trafico was supposed to happen this weekend. It did not. They're going to play three times, LAFC and LA Galaxy. They were going to have the record MLS crowd of the weekend and maybe the record of all time, whether forced the postponement. The postponement is now set, it seems like, for July 4th. So that idea of it might have been a new MLS record for attendance overall, maybe I think 75,000 tickets is where things were standing as the weather was starting to look bad. Yeah, July 4th, uh, that game will be the biggest crowd in MLS history. Just no question about it. So even without the El Trafico, even with Portland and Kansas City getting pushed back to Monday night, a great first week for Major League Soccer. All kinds of wild results, some great goals. I liked everything that I've seen with uh, Apple TV's MLS season pass. Um, kind of bounced around some of the other games. Obviously, didn't get to watch live Saturday. I was a little busy. You could listen to us, though, and I know a lot of people did, which was very, very cool. So... Hope everybody's enjoying it. If you have any questions about any of it, don't hesitate to reach out at Long Shoe or at Mike Conti 929. We'll try to point you in the right direction when it comes to it. You'll be able to listen to us again this weekend. All home games, you can sync our audio up on Apple TV's MLS Season Pass. All right, coming up next in five minutes, three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that we all love so much. 343 is up next on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. Three, four, three. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Kicking it live on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. It's Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Final segment, the 343. This one goes pretty quick. If you need to take notes, that's completely cool. Three local stories. Let's start it off. High school soccer really heating up. One of the biggest games of the week will be at Buford High School tomorrow on the girls' side. The Wolves are hosting Mill Creek. The Hawks had a huge win last Friday against Central Gwinnett. Buford's ranked number one, according to the coaches' poll at scoreboard.com. Mill Creek somehow fell to seventh. That makes zero sense to me. I had a chance to see Mill Creek uh, on Friday night. Really, really strong team. Two top 10 ranked teams in 7A meeting this early, and it's a region game too. Buford and Mill Creek. Also a big one on the boys' side tomorrow. Sequoia hosting Lassiter. Lassiter is a defending state champion. Sequoia is in the top 10, ranked number nine. Going to be a really interesting one up uh, I-75, 575 way. Number two on the local side, an awesome program launched by Pike County Soccer to try to develop more referees. We know this is an issue at all levels of soccer. Pike County's Don Brohinski said, this is a program for our younger players aged 9 to 12. What they do is they put them through a pre-certification class. They teach the basics of refereeing and then let them get some experience. This is before certification. This is before the costs of doing the course costs of equipment, all that stuff. The players who are 9 to 12 years old go through that pre-cert class. Then they ref in the U6s to get some experience. If they like it and they're they're interested and they're good at it, they show an aptitude for it, then you can put them through the certification class and they're going to come into it more prepared. Bohinski said, we appreciate everyone's patience with these young referees. Just as the young players are learning to play the game, the young referees are learning how to referee the game. Love the program from Pike County. I hope more associations around the state do this. Uh, U.S. soccer is behind it. Georgia soccer is behind it. Good luck to everybody at Pike County. And if there's ever anything that we can do here from the Atlanta area, please let me know. Story with a local connection for number three. Miguel Almiron has signed a new three-and-a-half-year contract with Newcastle United. Peric White International, former Atlanta United midfielder. He's been a driving force behind the Magpies' form in the Premier League. Top scorer in all competitions with 10 goals this season. He's 29 now. He recently made his 150th appearance for Newcastle. Man, it feels like just yesterday he was uh, ripping and running at the Benz. He will be spending many more years at St. James's Park. Four headlines from around the world. Number one, first time ever it has happened at FIFA's The Best Awards that the big three awards on the men's side came from the same country. Lionel Scaloni won for best manager. Dibu Martinez won for best goalkeeper. And Lionel Messi won for best player. Again, on the men's side. Let's get a, stick with this at number two. Let's stick with Messi. <laughs> the rumor mill. It is heating up about what's next when it comes to Leo. At one time, it was said that it was going to be a sure thing. It was a done deal. Everybody else can stop worrying about it. He's going to sign an extension at PSG. Well, that hasn't happened yet, has it? And now there's rumblings from PSG fans that they don't really want that to happen, which I don't know what you've been watching for the last couple of years, but if you're frustrated about not winning the Champions League or even dropping a, a league title here in the last few years, uh, that's not Lionel Messi's fault. I'm sorry. So that's ridiculous. Um, 
Inter Miami has stayed confident. They've been linked with this. People in the know say that Miami's still working the the system, doing what they got to do to to get to Messi and talk to Messi and try to bring Messi to Miami. They've they've gotten a little less self conscious about talking about this as well, which makes you feel like they're fairly confident. Well, now Newell's old boys, Messi's beloved club in his hometown of Rosario, they're starting to get mentioned as a realistic possibility for his next destination. I've always felt like he might end his career, like really, really end his career there with one season in Argentina. Now it's getting talked about that that might happen sooner than we think. RMC Sport in France, they're reporting that Messi will play in a charity match in Newell's, or in Rosario, at Newell's, uh, the Estadio Marcelo Bielsa. It's a match that will honor Newell's legend and Argentina legend, Maxi Rodriguez. Going to happen in June. Well, in recent months, people have been talking about Messi and Newell's. Uh, Sergio Aguero, who we know was Messi's longtime roommate with the national team. Uh, Aguero, who does talk a lot, said that Leo is seriously considering the possibility of playing for Newell's. Maxi Rodriguez, who played for Newell's until January of last year, he said, look, Kuhn is Kuhn, talking about Aguero. He can't keep quiet. That's true. Uh, He said, it's hard to talk about it, talking about Messi going to Newell's. He said, because immediately all kinds of rumors start flying. We are patient and we'll see what happens. Crazy. And this is also crazy. Messi has only played one official match in Rosario, his hometown, ever in his career. One official match. He played as a kid for Newell's and he played as a kid for another club before he joined Newell's. But one match, a World Cup qualifier in 2009 between Argentina and Brazil. That's it. It's going to be interesting around that game in June. One, if Messi plays, which it sounds like he will. And two, what the conversations are about, ah, you know, you can stick around. (laughs) You don't have to go anywhere. Uh, Man, buckle up for for Messi watch. Because you know it's going to happen, and you know it's going to be a gigantic deal, and Inter-Miami is going to be a part of this conversation. I don't think Barcelona will be. I don't think they have the money to. We will come back to Barcelona in a minute. But they do factor into number three a little bit. It was a huge week for Manchester United. They got past Barcelona in the Europa League. League. Great series. And then they won the Carabao Cup final over Newcastle on Sunday. It was a very comfortable win. Yes, it is the Gummy Bear Cup. It is the least prestigious of the major trophies in England, but it is a trophy. And when you go back to where Manchester United started the season with Cristiano Ronaldo walking off the bench and being very disrespectful to Eric Ten Hag to the point that Ten Hag's finally like, you know what? You can just leave. And he did. And now he's scoring hat tricks for fun in Saudi Arabia with Al Nasser. Good for Cristiano. Bad the numbers, buddy. Uh, This was Manchester United's first trophy since 2017. It is proof of the progress that Eric Ten Hag has made. They feel very different right now. They've had statement wins over Liverpool, over Arsenal, over Manchester City, over Barcelona. Um, Ten Hag has said, all that's great. I want trophies. Well, he's got a trophy now. And it feels like it's not going to be the only trophy that Eric Ten Hag wins at Manchester United. Casemiro scored the opening goal in the final. This is somebody who won La Liga three times with Real Madrid. He won a Copa America with Brazil. He won five Champions League titles with Real Madrid. When he went to Manchester United, I thought things might have changed. Then you had the Cristiano Ronaldo nonsense and whatever. This win feels different than the last trophies that Jose Mourinho won for the club. He won the Europa League. He won the Carabao Cup. There's still a lot of work to do, but it feels like Manchester United is on the right path now under Eric Ten Hag. We will just have to wait and see. Let's go back to Barcelona. Uh, Things do not feel like they're on the right path. All of the sudden, by the way, because they're in the midst of a very good season. They were knocked out of the Europa League. They lost to Almeria for the first time ever in La Liga on the weekend. Uh, Almeria is now in 15th place. Barcelona's leading La Liga. In fact, it's the first time they've lost to any team from that city ever in official competition. Okay, what could what else could go wrong for Barcelona? Well, Robert Lewandowski will not be available on Thursday. And it's not just any day on Thursday. It's not just any game. It is the first leg 
of the Copa del Rey semifinals. And it's not just any first leg of any semifinal. It is against Real Madrid. An El Clasico bonus round for all of us to enjoy. Game's going to be played at Barcelona on Thursday. Uh, The lead for Barca at the top of the table in the league is seven points over Real Madrid. They could have stretched to 10. They didn't. It's seven. Barcelona had gone unbeaten in 18 matches in all competitions. Now they've lost two straight. Manchester United, and Almeria. Now Lewandowski is expected to be back when El Clasico returns to league play, which isn't that far away, March 19th. But without him in this first leg, Real Madrid is able to knock Barcelona out in the semifinals of the Copa del Rey. They're going to have a big boost going into that El Clasico in La Liga. And Barcelona, will they be able to handle that the game has now changed and the confidence levels might not be where they were before. Oh, buddy. The stories about Xavi are only going to pick up. All right. Three things that make me smile about the game. Number one. All right. Look, if you can't still be smiling about what you saw Tiago Almada do at Mercedes Benz stadium, whether you were there, whether you watched, whether you listened, whether you've watched the replays, maybe a whole bunch of times, maybe that's me. Um, not just one golasso, two golassos, not just any golassos, but goals to tie and win the game. Not just at any time in the match, but in stoppage time, both of them. It's an ending, like I said before, that you might not ever see again anywhere. Just amazing. And if that can't make you smile, Oh, man, I might be in the wrong business. I don't know. Number two that made me smile in this past week, uh, Besiktas fans in Turkey. They threw thousands of stuffed toys onto the pitch during the game on Sunday against Antalya Spor. These toys are going to be donated to kids affected by the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. Um, Game ended scoreless, game secondary when you see something like this. It was paused after four minutes and 17 seconds to allow the fans to throw the gifts onto the field. Uh, The earthquake first struck Turkey at 417 local time on February 6th. Fans threw scarves, uh, hats, plush toys um, onto the field, and they are all going to be given to kids who have suffered due to the earthquake, kids in the earthquake region to help cheer them up. That is a statement from the club Besiktas in the Turkish Super League. All right. Let's finish with this one. Let's go back to Debu Martinez. Now, I know people have opinions on Debu, and you also know that I am uh, extremely biased when it comes to Debu Martinez because I'm extremely biased when it comes to the Argentine national team. That's why I fell in love with this game to begin with. That puts a smile on my face. Uh, Debu's antics uh, generally put a smile on my face. Sometimes he can possibly cross lines, especially if you're a fan of the opposition. Um But Debu's story is amazing. And if you don't know it, uh, the fact that he has made the run in his career to get to the point that he was named the best goalkeeper in the world today, it's just an unbelievable story. Uh, If you have the the streaming service Fanatis or if you have access to AFA Play, which is the Argentine Federation's uh, digital video service, They had a great series ahead of the World Cup called Potreros de Selección, like the sandlots of the the Selección backyards, streets of the the national team. And the series, the one on, it's just a great series in general. It it traces where these guys started their careers, their youth clubs, their parents, their families, their friends, and their whole career. And and Dibu's was one that really struck me because the journey is not traditional. Um, his parents put him in kind of like a, I guess in, in the U S the equivalent would be a charter school. Uh, the Sagrada Familia, um, not quite like a full private school, better education than the public school that he would have went to, but to be able to do it, his mom worked 10 hours a day cleaning houses. Uh, his dad worked at the, the port. He, he went to the port at dawn. Debu said he, he rarely saw him. Um, really saw his mom because his mom was working all the time to put him into the school, put his brothers into the school. He joined Independiente from his first youth club when he was 12, uh, played in their academy, 
went there and that was a long trip for him uh independiente uh in avicenera and in, in buenos aires Dibus from uh de la, from mar de la plata so it's not next door to one another so that's a long way he left when he had the first opportunity to go to england at 18 years old he left because he knew that the money he would make there would help his family uh he knew it was difficult he knew it was necessary he got loaned out all the time at Arsenal, just wanted to get a shot, just wanted to play. Didn't even get to play regularly on loan. He didn't play 20 league games in a season until the 2020-2021 campaign. That was his first with Aston Villa. Cost him opportunities with the national team. He finally got his opportunity in the 2021 Copa America. They won it. And this is what he said at the award ceremony today. He said, when they asked me about my idols, I remember my mother cleaning buildings for eight, nine, ten hours watching my father work. They are my true idols. Dibu Martinez's story is an amazing one, and it has to make you smile when you think about this game. Join Mike Conti and me for stoppage time Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. at 92.9 The Game Facebook page, also on Twitch. March to Match Day will post on the Off the Woodwork podcast and on the 92.9 The Game YouTube page on Friday. And then Saturday night, pregame starts at 7, kickoff 7.39. You can listen to us on Star 94. On Saturday, the Odyssey app, the Atlanta United app, also on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV, if you're not already listening. Full-time report will air for an hour after the final whistle. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the Monday night. Adios, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.